Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Welcome back, my dear listeners on the Nassim Taleb and Inserted podcast. Forgive me, I know it's been a very long time. I feel like this is the same introduction I've given for the last five or ten episodes. It has been a long time. My apologies. But it's because, let's assume, we have more interests in common. I'm spending all of my time on a Curious Worldview podcast. So if we're met here today out of a mutual interest for Nassim Taleb, then let's take a leap together and assume that we will also be interested in what I'm doing over at a Curious Worldview. So it's the top link in this podcast description. So before I introduce this episode, just go and check it out. And of course, you pump that good juice into the algorithm. But what this episode is today is an interview with the author of the recent Nassim Taleb profile that appeared in The Spectator on the 28th of March, 2023, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, the anti-confidence man. The author of this profile is the great journalist out of New York, Rosie Gray. She uh, contacted me to do a little interview for in preparation for this uh, profile. She'd come across this podcast and um, I was it was a very surreal moment to read her email and to actually uh, sit in an interview as well. But this is a short one today. I just wanted to interview Rosie to sort of see behind the scenes. You know, what was it like uh, writing this profile on Taleb? Um, how did you get in touch with him? What's he like as a bloke? How has he influenced your worldview? Um, and I think Rosie achieved something terrific with this profile is that it's a lens into Nassim Taleb the way that I don't think I've seen him uh, sort of exposed in public before. So really amazing, um, incredible profile. Rosie's an incredible journalist and uh, I am very grateful that she decided to reach out to me to be a part of that profile as well. So this is the interview with her. And so with absolutely no further ado, here is the great Rosie Gray. All right, Rosie, to start us off, Taleb is a... Uh, famously media-averse guy. How did you convince him to do a profile? Um, to be honest, it took a lot less convincing than I thought it was going to. I basically emailed him and, you know, however many months ago and said, this is what I'm interested in doing, and he agreed pretty quickly. So I'm, you know, I, I was surprised as well. What was the content of the cold email? Was there something remarkable in there that you think? I don't have it in front of me. And I basically said sort of that I was, you know, wanted to do this piece that I'd been discussing doing with the spectator about him and about kind of his influence and, um, you know, sort of like how he's remained relevant over this, uh, yeah. you know, rather long period of time. Um, and he agreed to do it. And that said, I mean, you know, and I did talk about this in the piece, the actual scheduling of, the interview turned out to be <laughs> like the complicated part, but. Mm. Because I think that the only other big profile um, in a significant publication of him was Malcolm Gladwell for the New Yorker back in the nineties or something uh, or early two thousands at least. So I don't know. You're in very sort of rarefied air by getting him on the record and capturing at a moment in the culture. Mm -hmm. I, he's certainly done other interviews since that Gladwell piece. Like there was a, a different New Yorker piece that was um, maybe a couple years ago of him talking about uh, basically the, the pandemic and why he doesn't believe that it's a black swan event. Um, mm. And yeah, you know, there was, uh, I think when anti-fragile came out, there was like some press around it, some interviews that he gave. So like he does, it's not that he never, does them um but you're right that the glad the gladwell piece from i mean it must be like 20 years old at this point 
Uh, I think so, But yeah. that it's one of the only ones that's sort of been like a really in-depth profile of him. Yeah. Did you want to go deeper? Did you really want to do like a, you know, five, 6,000 word piece? Um, I'm, you know, if that had been like the, the assignment, then yeah, but that kind of isn't, um, you know, what was decided upon. I think that would have been really cool too. It would have been like a little bit of a different kind of piece. Mm. Um, but I thought yeah. that the piece worked well at the length that it was. Um, you say that wasn't the assignment. So how does it actually work? as a journalist working for a magazine like that, is it a collaboration between you and your editor or is it sort of top down? This is what I think you're good at, what you should do. Definitely. Um, I mean, in this case, like collaborative, like kicking ideas back and forth um, and then, you know, deciding like A, to do it and B, kind of like what the form format will be, like kind of like lengthwise, how many words are about, um, mm that kind of thing. But no, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a freelance journalist. So if somebody tells me to do something, like I don't, I don't have to, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, was it you, the sort of driving force behind this project? It was initially my idea. Um, and then I kind of, uh, like set it aside for a while. I was working on other things, but I had mentioned it to the spectator at some point. And then when I was talking with, um my editor there uh you know a few months ago he was like oh do you remember that like idea that you had about Nassim Taleb like would you be interested in doing that and then you know went from there pretty mm. pretty basic kind of interaction mm -hmm. and uh where'd your interest in Taleb come from in the first place um you know I he was someone that I like had obviously seen a lot of online um you know that he's a very active like Twitter power user. Um, mm. And uh, I had gotten, you know, like interested in sort of that public persona of his, which is just like so different from like how most kind of quote unquote public intellectuals behave. Right. Um, and yeah. sort of what he has to say is also very different. Um, and then I started like looking at his work um, and, you know, I find his books really interesting. Like, I, it's hard to put them in any one category or genre, uh, which again, like I think makes what he's doing, like just feel very different from what um, other authors kind of, who might be thought of generally in that space from what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, you know, obviously very erudite, like um, really drawing upon like a lot of references uh, from culture and history uh, but at the same time, he can be very, like, frank and very, like, all right, well, here's the deal. Like, deadlifting, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. think that, like, you know, and it's just it's just an interesting mix. At the same time, like, he obviously ruffles a lot of feathers. Um, like, there are very fair critiques to be made of sort of, like, how he, you know, like, operates um, on Twitter or wherever. And I just think that he's an interesting character. So it was something that um, I had been... You know, and, and definitely the fact that he doesn't give a lot of interviews and that um, mm. that aspect also made it sort of like more intriguing to me to write about him. Yeah, there's definitely a mysteriousness about him. Like who is the man behind everything that he's saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a good way to put it. Um, the kind of uh, distance or not between someone's 
like public facing persona versus like who they really are is always very interesting to me yeah yeah because you get these autobiographical um parts throughout the inserto but to get this like traditional long-form interview done with him to be able to see you know what was it like i mean i'm pretty sure he's a he's a he's in the christian minority of lebanon um was from some sort of you know aristocratic family aristocratic is probably the wrong word but at least like upper class family during the lebanon civil war it would have been like intensely fascinating to actually hear him reflect explicitly to those direct questions about it you mean about did you discover anything in your research you mean about like who he like his background and who he is the man behind the, the ideas yeah um yeah i mean like we we talked a bit about um about lebanon about you know um his upbringing he still goes to lebanon quite often is my understanding mm. um i you know i was also kind of focused on trying to get a sense of you know just his his personality as well um and kind of like mm -hmm. what makes him tick in the moment uh because he has written a lot about um about his upbringing in the lebanese civil war um and i did get definitely a sense of his i did definitely a sense of his personality i mean like first i had sort of an off the record not really off the record just more like he didn't want me to record it um which i wrote about mm -hmm. the piece lunch with him in december um which was like really fun like he's a very he's a great like lunch partner you know like he's very like yeah good conversation very and and you know he's kind of like a gourmand and he like knows all the right dishes to order and um and you know he's and he's also like he's a very like polite like you know this this very abrasive um online thing that he does doesn't really come through at all uh in a you know person-to-person -person way like very courtly and polite um and uh and then yeah like i did the the sort of like more formal interview with him over zoom later on and you know he was very generous with his time and all of that he was about to go cycling which is like his new his new obsession like he's not just just a weightlifter anymore now he's a cyclist as well and mm. um and yeah i mean like what i would say is that he like I said, like, you know, in person, like he's very, you know, like the, the, that confrontational nature is like, it's a little bit different. Like you do feel though, like you're kind of on your, on your toes a bit. Like you kind of like, mm. you feel like you need to kind of like know what you're talking about. Cause he knows what he's talking about a lot of the time. Yeah. So you get the sense that if you sort of put your foot wrong, he won't just let it slide. He's going to call you out on it. Right. Exactly. That you'll, you know, like, did you have any of those moments? Um, yeah, I mean, like, points where, you know, I felt like maybe, like, he was surprised that I didn't understand something, or I can't think of, like, specifics now, mm -hmm. but you definitely feel as though you have to kind of, like, keep up a little bit intellectually. I mean, like, I put this in the piece, but at one point he was saying, you know, I was just asking what he was, he'd been up to, he was like, oh, I wrote these two papers about x y and z so far this year and i knew i wasn't gonna understand like what these papers were about because like i'm not i don't mm. i'm not a statistician and i was like can you explain to me like i'm five years old what they're about and he goes well you're not five years old so that's kind of the vibe <laughs> yeah yeah did he name drop any of his big famous friends uh, in the time that you were speaking with him nothing that's really springing to mind at the moment 
um, there was, well, there was a separate interview that I did with Tom Holland, the historian, who's a friend of Taleb's, who mentioned this, like, weird night that they had hanging out with Brian Eno, the, you know, legendary music producer. Um, and he was like, oh, no, but you need to check with Taleb because, like, I don't, like, remember the details. And I checked with him, not expecting him to, like, come back with the exact thing that happened. But, like, within a few minutes, he was like, yes, of course that happened. And, like, actually we ended up like writing these like open letters to each other about like various topics that we had like debated. I looked it up and yeah, that all happened. So Brian, you know, is probably the only like broadly famous person that I can think of that kind of came up. Uh, in your off the record first meeting with him, uh, one of the names you mentioned that you spoke about was Elon Musk. Um, did you get a sense for what uh, Taleb thought about broadly who Elon Musk is? I didn't get much of a, like, I think we just sort of, like, the, it was still kind of in the thick of the Twitter news, like, being a hot topic, and we were just sort of, like, talking about mm. that. Um, so nothing nothing juicy I think I can share. Okay. <laughs> It'd just be fascinating to hear, because there's clearly an element of Musk that he would deeply admire, um, like, intense skin in the game, but then as well, I think a couple of uh, red flags, which, I, you know, would be keen to hear, but... Um, talk a little bit about the research you had to do, um, to put the piece out. Um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't, it wasn't necessarily like the most, it wouldn't probably be the most thrilling process to watch for the outside. Like just making sure that I had a handle on, you know, his work and like basically reading everything that had been written about him. Um, mm. You know, with a reason. I mean, I'm sure I missed some stuff, but and then you know, doing other interviews for the piece, and you know, just basically like a pretty, pretty bog standard reporting process. Yeah. Um, you asked a question explicitly in our interview how he had like uh, influenced me or shaped my worldview. I wonder if you've had a similar experience by ingesting the various ideas throughout the inserter, whether it has actually influence the way you see the world or influence the way you behave it's a really good question um i don't know about like influence but i do find myself definitely thinking about um about some of his ideas uh and they're they are the type of concepts that do sort of like stick in your head and i think you know overall as i wrote there is something like very um you know, beguiling about, and this is something that you mentioned when I interviewed you about, you know, the idea that like chance and risk can be something that are some things that are like not necessarily scary or bad, you know, that it's, they can, there can be serendipity in your life that you can like sort of make these things work for you and like control what you can control. Um, so as far as influence, I'm, I don't really know how to answer that question per se, but I definitely think that, um, like, his work has, like, offered a lot of food for thought. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, I really liked a line from the book, uh, the book, from the um, <laughs> piece, um, that Taleb is the antidote to the confidence man. I think a very nice way of putting it, because that actually does describe him very well and also explains a lot of the um, antagonists he ends up going up against. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, we live in a time where 
there's a lot of people who are, you know, whether explicitly or implicitly kind of like trying to sell something, you know, um, and, you know, pushing something for some sort of like ulterior motive, whether it's money or clout or whatever. And there's a lot of kind of like bullshit artists out there. And mm. whatever you think of Taleb and the way that he kind of um, conceptualizes this, like, you know, he he definitely has like an allergy to to certain kinds of bullshit that is, you know, can be <laughs> can be refreshing, um, mm. you know. And I think uh, it's sometimes it can be a little bit like like seriously, like the part where he was talking about how you know, he plans out his Twitter fights like months or sometimes years in advance. He's like, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's just like, what a way to live, you know? Like, I can't imagine like living that way. Um, and so that's like very sort of funny and interesting, but in general, yes. I mean, like, I think that there's um, a kind of attitude that he has of sort of like trying, at least trying to kind of get to the meat of the matter like get to the heart of something and like see through bullshit mm. is um is something that can be like interesting to watch that detail of him planning out his twitter fights runs totally in contrary to the caricature that i developed in my mind where he has this huge brazen public persona which totally f neatly fits into um the persona of the one developed in skin in the game but uh contrary to all of the anecdotes i've heard about from people interacting with him personally just you know sort of just polite sort of respectful guy um but to be planning out your twitter fights it does it does it does suggest uh, a little bit of um enjoyment out of the attention you get from these media twitter fights because what are you getting out of them apart from, you know, the nice cheap dopamine of attention? Well, yeah, it definitely suggests that, right? I mean, like, you know, it's, um, you can't really, like, put yourself above it all if you're kind of, like, doing that sort of thing. <laughs> Planning right. them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, um, since, if if you would agree that, yeah, it definitely suggests he likes the attention he gets from these Twitter fights, which is, you know, broadly distributed through different media. Can you give an explanation for why he doesn't do more media, more podcasts? Why we only see him occasionally on Bloomberg or on an extremely obscure, like, talk? Um, you know, he gave his reasons for not wanting to go on Lex Friedman. Maybe other people haven't invited him. But surely there are big platforms of hosts he could respect enough to go on. Did you ever get into that? I mean... You know, you you would need to ask him. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, like I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily know how to answer that. I mean, the one thing I would say is that, again, like it's not like he never like you mentioned like he does go on Bloomberg and things like that. Um, and like he does do the occasional interview here and there. So it's not like it's, you know, like a once in a lifetime interview with like hmm. you know Thomas Pinchon or like. Someone, someone like that who literally never does it's like I, I would say it seems like he's just sort of um i don't know fairly selective or like prefers to do certain types of interviews and not others or whatever but i wouldn't want to answer for him did you ever talk to him about podcasts get a sense for what he thinks about that whole medium um 
Oh, we well, we did talk about podcasts for like one second because we were just talking about like podcasts that we both like. Um, mm. And uh, he mentioned The Rest is History, which is his friend Tom Holland's podcast that he does with another historian. Mm-hmm. And um, a BBC radio show that I also listen to that also gets released in podcast form. It's called In Our Time. Have you ever listened to In Our Time? No. Oh, it's really you would. I, I think you would really like it. It's great. It's um, it's this host Melvin Bragg, and every week he has on three different like scholars on, you know, a, a topic. It's never topical too. Like it never has anything anything to do with the news. It'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, the War of eighteen twelve, or it'll be like, like <laughs> astrophysics nice, yeah. or whatever. Like something totally different each week, and they just like really like just talk about it for like 45 minutes and it's it's just really great mm-hmm. but other than that did i talk about mm-hmm. like podcasts per se with him no mm. get a sense for what he thinks broadly about the medium i did not get a sense of that no 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 um okay well look um what about his response to the profile did you did he say anything to you about what he thought about it um he i sent it to him when it came out and he said that he thought it was good so I was like a little bit surprised because I assumed that he would probably find something like to, you know, nitpick yeah. about it. But he seemed fine with it. And I think he retweeted it. Um, Not, yeah, he did. He definitely did. Yeah, but fairly, you know, fairly muted reaction, I would say. And what about your own response in your own life to it? Um, I, I think it, I, I have no idea like what, how it did like traffic wise or anything like that. But from what I could tell, it seemed like it was going around on Twitter a decent amount mm. and you know i heard from people who read it and liked it and it overall seems to have um i you know i it seems I, i'm happy with the reaction that it got nice well look rosie anything left on the table worth saying about the profile something i didn't touch no i think that about covers it um thanks so much for you know inviting me on and thanks again for letting me interview you for the piece oh i right, mate it was amazing cheers cheers <laughs>